Open your Bibles back to 1 Timothy chapter 2, where we read the first three verses pertaining to praying for civil government and the authorities over us. And let's move on down a verse or two and find a verse that makes a wonderful statement about our Lord Jesus Christ saving us. 1 Timothy chapter 2, and I want that fifth verse this time. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. What a full statement of doctrine. It doesn't ask, suggest about the existence of God. It just affirms it, declares it, assumes it. This text summarizes our religion plainly, concisely, boldly, dogmatically, and well. There is a God. We are not the evolutionary results of an ancient Big Bang, energetic plasma floating in the ocean, or discontented monkeys wanting to become human. There is one God. International religious reconciliation notwithstanding. Baal, Allah, Brahma, the Great Spirit, Diana, Rama, Jupiter, Vishnu, and Dagon are no gods. There's a between. There is a great gulf between God and man. Man does not equal love, and love does not equal God. That's a fantasy. Godhood, as man's next stop in his evolutionary development, is a ridiculous hallucination. There's a great gulf between God and man. There is a sin problem between God and men. Man is not a wonderful thing, not even a neutral thing. No matter how high he climbs in the universe or what he accomplishes, there is, by necessity, a required intermediary to go between God and men. Man cannot save himself. A man, a flesh being related to Adam, is the required intermediary. This is all stated in this one short sentence. Jesus Christ is the one mediator, not Pope Frank or Mahatma Gandhi or Muhammad or Mary or an angel or any saint of your choosing. And all of that can easily be derived from this sentence. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. And we choose today to celebrate, remember, memorialize this mediator's death in between God and us to reconcile the two parties to each other and bring about justification, reconciliation, sanctification, redemption, and adoption by God's grace. A mediator is one who intervenes between two parties, especially for the purpose of effecting reconciliation. It's a person who brings about a peace or a treaty or settles a dispute by mediation. We also use words in our common speech today as arbitrator, go-between, umpire, referee, intercessor, arbiter, intermediary, broker, middleman, negotiator, moderator, and conciliator, among other terms. Moses was a mediator. Remember, God said, you've spoken well. Because the people of Israel did not want to hear God from heaven because it was too intimidating and threatening to them. So Moses became a mediator. Job asked for a daysman. A daysman is another word for mediator that could put his hand on God and his hand on Job and make peace between the two parties. 
We need a mediator. We're condemned. We're condemned by our first father and his sins, Romans 5. We're condemned by our own sins and their just wages called death in Romans 3. We're condemned by a nature that still loves sin and pursues sin mightily. So we're condemned before God. There is a legal need for a mediator. We will stand in the court of heaven before the judge of the universe. It is appointed to men once to die, and after that, the judgment. There will be a judgment. We shall give an account of ourselves to Almighty God. Solomon concluded his book of philosophy, Ecclesiastes, in the 12th chapter, 14th verse, for God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. The nature of God is such that we don't stand a chance at mercy by himself. He is just and holy and righteous and will punish sin and sinners in the lake of fire. And we deserve to go there by Adam's sin, our sin, our sinfulness, and our continual sinning. He cannot by any means acquit or clear the wicked as the Bible teaches. He is of purer eyes than to behold evil. He's infinitely higher than men. All men can be bought or influenced, but this judge is far above that. You will not influence this judge at all. All those that will cry, Lord, Lord, will have no influence with them whatsoever. Right. He will see through all their facade of good works and say, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Precedence, that is what's come before to give us a taste of what this judgment and throne is like are well-known and consistent like the flood, like the destruction of Sodom, like Pharaoh and the destruction of Egypt, like Korah and Uzzah and Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, and Jerusalem and its ruin are just a few examples of precedent cases coming out of this court by this same judge. The law is simply stated, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. However, 1 Timothy 2.5 says... For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Amen. The qualifications of a mediator. He needs to have credentials and integrity satisfactory to the judge and court in which he will represent us. He must relate to both parties. Will the judge regard him? Does he know our situation? Does he know our case? He must satisfy both parties. Can he make restitution? Can he offer us freedom? He must remain at his post to handle any future appeals or complications or violations. There are no jury games in this court. The mediator must satisfy the judge. There are imposters that have been raised by men to be mediators. Mary, she was a sinner, needed a savior, or so she said, died and was turned down by Jesus Christ during her life. Right. Popes, they are sinners themselves, die and are identified as antichrists in the Bible. Priests, they are sinners themselves, they die and they need their own mediator for salvation. Right. Parents, 
They are sinners themselves. They die, and they need a mediator. And the Bible plainly says that their will is excluded in the salvation of men. Pastors, they are sinners themselves, die, need a mediator, and were not given for eternal life. They were only given to bring life and immortality to light. Televangelists, they are sinners themselves. They die and would be beaten by the Lord Jesus Christ if they tried to show up. What about performance? Do you think you have performance that you want exposed before this court and this judge? One sin is guilty of all. James 2.10 No man has any good. Psalm 14, Romans 3. Motive is crucial. What is your motive? What has been your motive by nature? Selfish love of our own pleasure and against God. He doesn't care what you've done, even in his name. By Matthew chapter 7, that I've just referred to. Pity? There's no pity in this court. He cannot acquit or clear, and he shouldn't given our relationship and offenses. But there was a promise of a mediator. We have the declaration of one in 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God. Don't you love that? For there is one God. You Athenians don't know what you're talking about. Neither do you Hindus know what you're talking about. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man. Christ Jesus. I love this doctrinal statement of our church. Instead of quoting from some confession of men, let's quote from the Word of God. What a statement it is. But it was promised before the world began, according to Titus. God told the devil in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 that the woman would bear a son, a male seed that would bruise his head. And from that moment on, Men have known, those that have known God, because he's revealed himself to them, that a mediator was coming. Thank you, Lord, for Genesis 3.15. It is not as the Catholics want that verse to read, that the woman will bruise the serpent's head, meaning Mary, but that it is Jesus, the seed of the woman, the son of Mary, that bruised the serpent's head as our mediator. God promised in Isaiah 9.6, a wonderful son that would be given, a child that would be born, whose name would be called Wonderful. And his name would be called Counselor. What is the title of an attorney? What is the title of a mediator? Counselor. Wonderful. Counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. How will this come about? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Verse 7 of that same chapter. That's the promise of the mediator. What about the person of the mediator? He's the word of God. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our hearts. Neither... Is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight? But all things are naked and opened under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, 
Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That is a mediator. That is your mediator, and that is my mediator. This is the person of the mediator. The Word of God made flesh. The Word of God, quick and powerful, seeing then that we have such a great high priest, Jesus, the Son of God, passed into the heavens. He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah and the Root of David, and he's, he, we find him in Revelation 5.5, 5, opening the book of the everlasting covenant in the hands of Almighty God, at which time the angel choirs, the choirs of the redeemed, all creatures in heaven and earth, and the four beasts all celebrate salvation had come because that book was opened by the Lord Jesus Christ, our mediator. He went between God and us. He reconciled the two parties together. He's our daysman. Let's think briefly of the work of the mediator. He died a substitute for us, receiving the full judgment of God. He didn't persuade God to go against his justice. He just took justice on and drank the dregs of the justice, of the fierceness, of the wine, of the wrath of Almighty God. He drank it for you. It's been drunk. It's gone. It is finished. Amen. The cup is finished. That's his work. He who knew no sin was made a curse for us by hanging on that cursed tree on Golgotha. He offered his blood and death to God for us as Hebrews 9 teaches us. This is a finished fact. And thus he said, it is finished. His work is a substitute for us. But you know, the Bible says there is more, but it is not our time today, right now, to think about that. The Bible says, yea, rather, not only did Jesus die, but he rose again and is seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. And in three places in the Bible, it points out that that in some ways is greater than his death. Romans 8, Romans 5, Hebrews 7. But right now we want to think about his death because he has called us out of this world to come and have a little supper with the high king of heaven around the Lord's table. It's his supper, it's his table, it's our communion around both. The results. He has reconciled us by his death and continues right on with his life. His representation for us was more than enough because where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Amen. The verdict of heaven guarantees all blessings and no charges to be laid to us. How's that for an outcome in court? Amen. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Who shall anything to the charge of God's elect? We didn't get acquitted. We got justified and adopted and glorified by Jesus Christ suffering in our place. 
so that all the benefits, all the facets of salvation are ours because of his mediatorial work on the cross for us. Our names were written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from eternity. And he promised that he would not lose a single one of us. And he sent Satan, our enemy, instead to the lake of fire rather than us. All glory to God through Jesus Christ. Has this mediator been compensated? It is a free gift to us. We cannot repay our debt. Nothing in our hands we bring, but simply to his cross we cling. But has God compensated his son for being our mediator and redeeming us? Absolutely he has. He's given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's free to us, but so costly to Christ and thus rewarded by his Father in heaven. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and despised its shame. He divided the spoil with the strong, as I taught you the last time we had the Lord's Supper. At God's right hand, there are pleasures forevermore for the Lord Jesus Christ, as described in that messianic psalm number 16. And he'll receive the praises of heaven, angels, creatures, the redeemed by the four and twenty elders and the four beasts forever and ever is his compensation. He's been given lordship over heaven and earth, and he rules with a rod of iron. And if we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper today, we better remember its outcome and where Jesus Christ sits on Tuesday. The glory of our mediator. There is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can go to the Father but by him, because there's one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. He's the dividing event of all human time. We either mark it B.C. or A.D. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema, maranatha. What does he require of us? but to live our lives in obedience to him. And it's the best life to live if you live it in obedience to him. The apostle Paul reasoned that if one died for all, then all were dead. And they which live by the death of that one should henceforth not live unto themselves, but live for him that died for them. That's what he asks. The good news of the gospel preacher is for you to be reconciled to God because God is reconciled to you by the death of his son. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be persuaded that he is able to keep that which you've committed unto him against that day. What we commit to God is the safekeeping of our souls as a faithful creator and a glorious savior. Paul was persuaded that in spite of all Paul had done, contrary to Jesus of Nazareth, that he would be forgiven all and his soul would be kept without the possibility of a loss by the safekeeping of the Lord Jesus Christ. You should make your calling and election sure by adding to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and so forth as it's listed for us in 2 Peter chapter 1. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, 
the man, Christ Jesus. Do you believe that today? There is a God. There is one God. Though Paul would say, there be gods many. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, by the ridiculous imaginations of men who think there are gods more than one, but there's one God and there's one Lord Jesus Christ. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God, but there's a between us and that God. We are infinitely inferior to him without an intermediary, without a mediator. So the text tells us there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Without one in between, we're lost. God in his righteous purity and holy vengeance must sink our souls into an eternal hell. But there is a mediator. And we have a mediator that was tempted in all points like as we are, but without sin. And it's not above or beyond the feeling of our infirmities. He can relate to us. He can succor us when we're tempted because he himself hath suffered being tempted. This is our mediator. He has chosen that the way his death is to be remembered is not Good Friday. It's not Easter. It's not a Passover brought into the New Testament. It is the Lord's Supper. And these these elements that we take, these simple, small quantities of elements that we take of unleavened bread and wine represent his broken body and his shed blood as our mediator, suffering as a penal substitute in our place on the cross of Calvary. It is the greatest transaction in the history of the world and universe that God would send his son to die in our place and to suffer the wrath of God upon him and the curse of God upon him for the curse and wrath that we deserved and had well earned. May we come to the Lord's Supper today and be thankful for the mediator that stands between God and us the man, Christ Jesus. May the Lord bless his precious word and may you love that verse. I thank God for parents that taught me that verse when I was a little boy. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. There was a man with a flesh and blood body, a bone of which was not broken, but his flesh was torn and his blood was shed who came between God and us so that in a day to come when we stand before God, that God will not hurl our souls into the eternal inferno that we so deserve to spend eternity in the torment of the devil and his angels, but will welcome us into heaven abundantly through the finished, glorious, magnificent sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all I have to say. Eric, come and lead us in singing a couple songs about the Lord Jesus Christ.